Welcome to the 15th episode of How'd You Like That Movie Podcast. We're talking movies. We're talking the greatest action movie ever made, 1991's Point Break. Chris, you're 100% Utah. Good job. Bodie, this is your fucking wake-up call, man. I am an FBI agent. I know. Isn't it wild? You're a real blue flame special, son. Young, dumb, and full of cum. Hundred <laughs> percent, I am. <laughs> hey, everybody! Welcome to another episode of How'd You Like That Movie? As Scott said, we're covering the 1991 film Point Break. So, Scotty. Surfing, it's the source. So take us away. Well, before we talk about this film, I want to talk about what could have been. Okay. I don't know if you know the history of this movie, but the year is 1986. It is. Ridley Scott is getting ready to produce and make his next movie. Uh-huh. He's lining up stars. Their names are Matthew Broderick, uh-huh. Johnny Depp, uh-huh. Val Kilmer, a young Charlie Sheen. For a movie called Johnny Utah. <laughs> That's right. You are 100% correct. And luckily that film was never made because we were blessed with Catherine Bigelow and her take on this movie, which again is the greatest action movie ever made. Hey man, those are some big words as far as big, biggest action movie or great, sorry, greatest action movie ever made. Uh, on that topic, let's talk about Catherine Bigelow, director and developer of this film. Uh, she was a, she's an Academy Award winning director, best picture as well as best picture for Hurt Locker, uh, which she also produced. Uh, she is the fourth woman nominated for an Academy Award. She's only the second American after Sofia Coppola, and she is the only woman to win the Academy Award for best director. Uh, her film Zero Dark Thirty was also nominated for a best picture Oscar as well. So. I mean, what, uh, what, what's your take on Catherine Bigelow in general? Like, talking about her career, have you seen any of her other films? Do you yeah, like them? Yeah, I think I've watched majority of her films with the exception of her latest one, which was Detroit, and I literally missed it. I've seen it. It's okay. I mean, the, it's, it's a really great uh, social commentary, and it's a true story and stuff like that. I felt it a bit slow. Uh, I think, uh, again, I've I, I made this complaint about a lot of films that could have used some probably better editing. And I think that uh, she may be suffering from that issue um, with some of her newer films. For example, I just watched Zero, Zero Dark Thirty. Fuck what a slog that movie was. Like, I don't and th- we're not going to talk in depth about all her films, but like. I was like, oh my God, is this movie over yet? Like, I've got so much to complain about that film, but that's not the point. Anyway, so what <laughs> what, what other films of hers do you like? I like Blue Steel. I like The Hurt Locker. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the... Yeah, Hurt, Hurt Locker basically cleaned up. Like, it, it made... It won all the awards, and Zero Dark Thirty made all the money. I'm, I'm literally having a brain fart right now, but what's the Harrison Ford submarine one that oh she yeah did. k19 the widowmaker i actually you know what a lot of critics and stuff didn't like it i actually really like k19 the widowmaker it's like one of my favorite submarine films i i haven't rewatched it so maybe it's fucking garbage but <laughs> when it came out i really liked it i thought it was well done uh i just watched near dark 
which is her vampire western, which is amazing, like from fucking Bill Paxton. Well, and that's what's awesome. So, and and not that it matters who she's she was married to for a short period of time, but just because we've done Aliens, mm-hmm. so she's married to James Cameron. I believe he was executive producer on Point Break. Yes, he was. Um, they did some script treatment. She from did some. Yeah, they did some script rewrites for Point Break, but on Near Dark. There's a sign in the background that show, like on the movie theater, that shows aliens playing. Uh, James Cameron plays like a minor role. I think he gives someone like the finger. And then she works again with Bill Paxton, Lance Hendrickson, and Jeanette Goldstein from yep. Aliens. It's just it's just an interesting tie-in, you know what I mean, yeah. to our, our, our episode that we already did on James Cameron's Aliens. So No, and I really, like, Near Dark is on my Halloween rotation right like it's that western that she was trying to do but didn't but the take on zombies that she did in that vampires. movie no oh yeah you're right Fuck. vampires yeah i know i was thinking no 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 it is zombies or sorry it is vampires, I'm it is zom- vampires. i have zombies in the brain i was just watching a zombie movie because she didn't know she could if she could get the money for a western and so they were like well lost boys and fright night had done really well um, and I, I, when I watch it, I, that kind of punk rock, uh, you know, how on Fright Night, the vampires are kind of like punk rocky or whatever with the big white mm-hmm. hair and stuff. It has that kind of vibe to it as well. Right. Yeah. It's very grounded. Like, um, but yeah, enough about that movie. Cause we're, we're doing point break. Yeah. I digress. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, uh, interesting enough, uh, she has a short film that she did early on in her career called uh the setup and you know who's in that gary Busey, and that was her short film that she did when she was like doing her masters at columbia or whatever so you're we're gonna find as we discuss this that there's a lot of like this actor worked with this actor obviously like james cameron her Mm. uh Busey, patrick swayze because patrick swayze works with keanu reeves on young blood oh the hockey movie the hockey movie that's right yeah keanu reeves was french it's French Canadian that movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, is there anything else you want to talk about, Karen? Uh, sorry, Catherine Bigelow. Now, no. Like, I think and this is probably like a discussion that's way above, but for her accolades and like for what she does as a director and what she brings, like, I'm surprised her filmography isn't as large. Right? Yeah, fair like, enough. She has pretty big spans in between movies where. Again, we talked about this. I don't even remember what episode it was where some directors like will have a flop, but they got another movie in two years. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's like just... basically like every, every year, or every two year, they're just like cranking out the films. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean like, uh, Scorsese's like that. Sergio Leone was kind of like that. Uh, but you're right. She's got these like big, she, she only has like a handful of films really. And they've all done. Okay. Um, but definitely, like, after uh, Point Break, uh, you know, with Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty, you know, she, she's, like, Point Break's this, like, fantastic kind of cultish action film. And obviously, Near Dark has a, a cult cult following as well. But, like I said, she cleaned up with Hurt Locker. Mm-hmm. And Zero Dark Thirty did, I think, a hundred and some odd million dollars at the box office. So. And a lot of awards as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, well, it got an Academy Award nomination, and she mm-hmm. won a bunch of other directorial awards for it and stuff as well. So yeah. she's totally competent. And one of the things that, uh, when I was doing my background on her, is that she really likes to kind of almost invent the gear she needs so that she, she likes 
dynamic filmmaking. She wants the films. It's not just about the action, but it needs to feel really dynamic. So like running scenes, jumping scenes, and all of that comes together in this fucking movie though. Cause you've yeah. got skydiving, you've got car chases, you've got running surfing. scenes. So, oh, tons of surfing, man. Yeah. Cool one liners and stuff like that. Like, Oh man, this movie is super, 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 super fun. And I think some of that, obviously the director has a lot of control over that. And her, she, she kind of like helps script write it, even though she doesn't have the writing credit on it. Um, but Donald Peterman, her director of photography or cinematographer, uh, has a lot to do with this as well. Like, there's just some really beautiful shots, really mm. great ocean shots, surfing shots, a lot of movement shots, uh, all the skydiving scenes. Um, and he has he has an Oscar nomination. So he did he got his Oscar nomination for Flashdance. He got another Oscar nomination for Star Trek Four. He worked on Splash, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Men in Black, and the newest How the Grinch Stole Christmas movie. I think with Jim Carrey and Ron Howard, I believe. Okay, okay, that's not the newest one. The newest one is the cartoon, but yes, the live action remake. Yeah, the live action remake. So, okay. I mean, you got to give credit to the the, the DOP on a, on a film like this because it's just it's all just like surf, sky, and babes, brah. <laughs> Fuck, I love this movie, but um, yeah, I think like this movie is a cultivation of the time as well. Cause I think if you like for me, just around when this movie's finishing 1991. So probably around like 93, 94. Mm-hmm. And when you go to like 85, that's like the golden age of action movies. You have Canon group just fucking producing one action film after another. You well, got- Cause this is when we have stuff like, uh terminator 2 we have die hard die mission hard, in action uh, commando rambo like basically cobra Stallone, like all that stuff right yeah like and i think it's big re- guns big arms and bigger boobs yeah like fuck i i don't like sorry yeah i don't think we'll ever get to that again like in reality like you went for Stallone, right you went for arnold like you went for Patrick Swayze. You're talking like the action hero? Like yeah, the way like, like you would have to go see a movie because The Rock is in it yeah, nowadays. He's the closest. Like, like he he would be this generation's, right? Like, But there's nobody else. Well, it, technically it's still Keanu because you've got John Wick. You know what I mean? Like you're going well, to- Keanu see- had a renaissance, right? Like because he had that down period in between. Sure. Well, I right? mean he made so much money on The Matrix that- but he was still doing films. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like his like, man in Tai Chi, like he, I believe he directed as well. It, it's fucking good. Right. Um, but yeah, so this this movie still stands up. I like I again I rewatched it for the podcast. Still stands up. It's got a 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got a 79% audience score. Uh, I really like this quote from Roger Ebert from the Chicago Sun Times. The plot of Point Break, summarized, invites parody. Rookie agent goes undercover as surfer to catch bank robbers. The result is surprisingly effective. Because And he's 100% right. This is like a simple kind of like, this could have easily been laughable. But like with the direction of Bigelow, some amazing cinematography, and honestly, like some solid acting out of both Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze. Uh, actually, I think everybody does a great job, but that chemistry, because they're kind of the main two protagonists, um, it's actually a fairly 
solid film all around. You know what I mean? It's not just an action film. It's like well done. Yeah, like this is my favorite Swayze performance. I think he's never topped this. Well, well let's talk about, okay, so what, what, what Patrick Swayze films do you like? Uh, I like this one. Okay. And I like Roadhouse. Mm-hmm. And maybe Ghost. <laughs> of course you fucking like Ghost. But that's about it. Did you see like Red Dawn, The Outsider, the earlier yes, stuff? Yes, I saw Red Dawn. Uh, actually, he's in, fuck, uh, do, 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 do. Stay Golden, Pony Boy. Yeah, that's uh, The Outsiders. Outsiders. Yeah, which is yeah. an awesome movie. I like Tom The Outsiders. Cruise, the cast in that film is like fucking phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I forgot he was in it too, right? But yeah, I would say that one too. I would put that one above Ghost. But, uh, what about Dirty Dancing? No, because to me, even as a kid when that movie came out, he looked way older than than like yeah. I'm like yeah. I'm like I don't think that's right. Like because <laughs> ba- well, she's called Baby though. Yeah, yeah, and it literally looked like he was like late. Like her 30s. dad, he could have been her dad. And- yeah, yeah. So for me, I'm like, eh. but like my my sister and my mom liked that movie, so it oh, was on all the time. But- dude, th- and that soundtrack. Like, I remember, like, my mom and stuff like that and her friends, like, it was just, like, it was on the radio all the time. Oh, she's like the wind The buddy. album or the tape was playing constantly. Um, he, I mean, he re-teams up with Jennifer Grey from Red Dawn in yeah. in that. Like, again, so yet again, actors working with actors again. He works with Keanu Reeves again. Um, but, yeah, I like this film. Is it my favorite? Uh, I don't know. I really like Dirty Dancing and I really like The Outsiders. But they're all different so can i say yes and no yeah and the thing i i thought not weird but obviously it's a choice and he is a fine good actor right well he was he unfortunately died of cancer in 2019 no i know or 2009 but hey 57 man it's pretty young i know but i think like if you look at the time frame like he came off roadhouse he had this he didn't really have another action movie for a very, very long time. Mm-mm. And now I think it was like late when he had. Well, one. and I think go- that's why like Ghost, like, I mean, so he, he was in Donnie Darko. He did Ghost. He had some other stuff. Ghost was like this big dramatic role for him. Like, because mm-hmm. he was this, you know, dancing, fighting, kind of like bro. But I mean, I, the ladies ate this guy up for sure. Do you know he was married to the same woman his whole life? They had met when he was like 16 or 17. I think she he was 16 and she was 14. They had been like high, like sweethearts forever, got married, and they were together until he died. Like that's the guy a, that probably could have had, right? had them all didn't need to because, I mean, he's class act. No, no, that's beautiful. That's the thing, right? I figured you'd like that. I do. I do. I do. Uh, so it's got a running time of 122 minutes, so just over two hours. Felt good? Do you feel it? Like, I mean, at no point do I feel like... This doesn't get any of my editing criticism. I think no. it's tight. It's good. Yeah, I think this movie is like I have no downfalls of this movie. Like this movie has my favorite scene ever filmed. Which film which scene is that? It's the skydiving scene. I fucking love that. When he says like adios and he like falls in No, the no, the plane? first one. Oh, the first the fir- one. First one when they actually go and they're doing like the little like holding hands and just filming that right that's like the the scene right before that is when he's like oh you don't want to use that shoot yeah yeah take mine and then they're moving are we gonna jump are we gonna jerk off yeah yeah. 
no, like, yeah, when, you know, they're, they're both playing each other because they both know kind of thing. But that scene when they're actually in the air, right? And I was, I was reading some stuff when we were researching this movie. Like, Patrick Swayze was a skydiver. Like, yeah. he did it. And he would sneak off, like, on set. Like, he had to sign a form for this movie. Yeah, that during principal photography, he wouldn't skydive because, heaven forbid, the actor dies or gets hurt. Yeah. But... He, a couple of him and the the crews, like while filming, would sneak off to the runway and just jump. Yeah, yeah, the drop jumps. The one, the only scene that he actually did the skydiving, from what I saw, is, is the one that I'm talking about. Yeah, and when he was like adios, and he jumps out. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's him doing, and he he did all his own surfing stunts for the most part. He actually cracked like three or four right. ribs. Yes, because he never had a stunt double for any of any his fight car, scenes or any right. of his dance scenes or car car scenes or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, so he, they learned. So they spent three months before principal photography learning to surf. But and Keanu Reeves apparently still surfs. Still surfs to this day, yeah. yeah. And he had never surfed before. Mm-hmm. Um. Keanu Reeves, I mean, so you talked at the beginning of the episode about, like, it could have been Matthew Broderick as Johnny Utah, Johnny Depp, Val Kilmer, Charlie Sheen. Can you imagine, like, I actually can't imagine any of those people in that role better than Keanu Reeves. What do you think? Like, No, and, and that's the thing that's, it's funny, like, thinking about his career, like, the like, for me, this movie, Matrix, yep. is also, like, those are his, but those are all also, like, Will Smith passed on the Matrix and... Yeah, you're, what you're saying is they, they were films where he wasn't the first choice. No. Oh, on this film, he wasn't even the fifth choice. Well, he was like what, the fifth or something. <laughs> but actually, uh, Bigelow refused to do it without him. She's the one that made him happen for this film. Because he, just just the way he speaks, I'm Johnny Utah of the FBI. Like, you can't imagine, like, Charlie Sheen doing that. Like, he just, the way he speaks, it was it's perfect casting. And I mean, Patrick Swayze talks about how Bodhi, like he felt like that character was kind of who he is you know what i mean mm-hmm. so when the actors are showing up being like yeah like this is i'm i'm already this person it's fantastic and he based some of the characters for Bodhi off of his stunt guy who was, was like a big wave surfer, surfer you know yeah, what i mean yeah i read that too um but let's let's you know i don't want to i don't want to take anything gary Busey, this is cuz remember gary Busey has an accident in 1988 uh, where he had a bit of brain damage or whatever. So the reality is, is I'm surprised he's still like, he he's perfect in this film. He plays that character so well. Like oh. the kind of the older foil to Keanu Reeves or whatever. He's oh, super he's like, funny. Fuck buddy. You know, I'm, it's lunchtime. It's 10 a.m. Hey, there's a sandwich shop there. Get me two. Get me two meatballs. I'm so hungry I could eat the ass out of a horse. Yeah, he's like, get me two. Get me two. <laughs> Welcome to SeaWorld, motherfucker, or whatever he says, and then yeah. jumps off the desk or whatever, or off the end of the pool. Yeah, Gary Busey, he's just a maniac, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some interesting people that are just kind of, and, and we're going to come back and talk to uh, talk about Lori Petty, or sorry, uh, yeah, Lori Petty, who's like the leading lady in this. Because um, John, John C. McGinley's in this, who was mm-hmm. in like Platoon and Scrubs, and he plays the kind of FBI, what would you call him, like a captain or whatever? Yeah, he's like the boss. And Tom Sizemore's in this, and that little role is the DEA yeah, agent. He, he's like the Elizabeth Shue Greyhound cameo, right? That's right. <laughs> um, and then, of course, Anthony Kiedis from Red, Red Hot, Hot Chili, Chili the lead singer from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, has that role as well, where he plays like the drug dealing surfer or whatever, right? Yeah. So like, it's just kind of cool to have all these like little characters or sorry, little um, these actors doing little roles that are like 
very well known or very famous individuals. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of the casting of uh, of Lori Lori Petty? I think it worked well. Like she was believable, right? As the traumatized person looking for looking for truth, like looking for, like, looking for love in all the wrong places. Hey, that's my woman, <laughs> Brody. <laughs> did you? Uh, I mean, she always kind of plays that character. Like, I mean, I don't really remember her character too much from Cadillac Man, but like a league of her own, she plays a bit headstrong. Uh, Tank Girl, she plays a bit mm-hmm. headstrong. Um, what's the one with Pauly Shore in the Army now? Same kind of thing. Like, she's kind of a typecast character. Um, but I agree with you. I think that she's phenomenal in that role as kind of like a surfer girl. But she's not. She's not just some surfer chick. She's mm-hmm. a surfer yeah. that happens to be a girl. Like she's that character st- is. She's goes on totally par with everybody. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Well, and theoretically, like at the beginning, she like saves Keanu Reeves from drowning. Right. Mm-hmm. So now, uh, just kind of like offshoot. Have you ever seen the remake? No. Have you? No. I heard there's some really cool like cinematography in it. But I watched the I re, so I recently watched the trailer when we were getting ready for this, and I was like, "Oh, this looks fucking horrible." Yeah, like all I all I know is now Johnny Utah is an exports guy, mm-hmm. and then I started thinking about it. The reason why this movie never should have been remade is because there's one thing in the world that we didn't have in 1991 that we do now that just foils the whole plot. Cell phones, the internet. Yes, the internet. Did you say the internet? Internet. Yeah. Right, because there is like she believes his story about his parents, which you would think if they knew who he was in terms of he's this ex college football star. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, they just Google be like, oh, well, they'd get his Wikipedia and they'd be like, oh yeah, his parents are father, here, blah 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 blah. Uh, yeah, right? exactly, right, and, and that's why she's so believe like when she snaps, right, because it is she's lied to. So, so supposedly he played for Ohio State, I believe, right? Something like that, yeah. And he played for the same university in the replacements, Ohio State. And I believe he was a quarterback then in that film too. Wait, what was his name in the replacements? Um, but yeah, so this had a budget of twenty-four million, made eighty-three million for the longest time. This is like was one of her like kind of big financial box off you know i don't want to say hits i mean i, I think zero times. dark this was her biggest until zero dark 30 yeah no yeah this was her biggest movie until then which again i still can't believe that she she doesn't do more right i mean she she clearly does like quality you know what i mean like she doesn't seem like all her films do well she puts a lot of work into them um and she She's interesting because uh, I read a couple quotes on her where she basically refers to herself as she doesn't really think of herself as like a female filmmaker. She's just like, I'm a woman who's a filmmaker. Like I want, I want to make, I want to push the genre forward. She, I'm paraphrasing. She talks about pushing the genre forward, not breaking any gender norms or anything. She just wants to go out. And I mean, she works in action essentially. Right. Mm. And war. And she's just like, fuck it. I want to go out and make cool ass films and, like it doesn't matter what's between my legs, which is awesome. I mean, whatever, whatever it takes. I'm so glad that she makes the movies she does. Um, 
yeah, man. Like this is like I said, this is like one of my favorite movies too. It's it's like Top Gun. Uh, back when we used to watch, you know, movies on TV, this is one of those ones where you're like, oh fuck yeah, Point Break, uh-huh. Cha Bra, and like you just be like watching it for the for the next two hours or whatever, man. I love it, man. Like it's it's exciting, it's fun. I mean, it's cotton candy, it's fucking adrenaline, it's rock and roll, it's it's fantastic. Yeah, um, like oh, researching, like after like I've watched this movie so many times too. But there's one thing I didn't know until researching it for this podcast. What's that? The football scene. Yep. Karate Kid? Fuck you, man. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. No, go no, ahead. no. Fuck you. Well, the audience that, doesn't know. Fuck you. The audience doesn't know what I'm I talking about. When I knew all your little trivia shit, too, we all looked at the same Wikipedia page. <laughs> but fucking, you got to ruin mine. You got to ruin fucking mine. For, for those that don't have uh, a mangina like Scott... It's he was gonna say that the Karate Kid scene, the soccer scene, was filmed on the same beach as the football scene. So I guess they're both football. <laughs> one's European. One's European. <laughs> one's uh, egg ball. Um, I mean that's kind of it, man. Like I, I love it. It's like a super fun surf film. Uh, it, it's not too serious, but it's also not just boring, popcorny in the sense that like there's enough script, there's enough character development. There's some phenomenal like cinematography. I mean, I might even just like watch it again because it's fucking dope. Yeah, like for me, this is this movie has the perfect blend of action, drama, and comedy. Like everyone work, like every genre works good together, and it propels it. Like, and that's why I think this movie. It's one of those movies that never should have been remade. And you know what? I don't think anybody holds the remake against this film because they're 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 two different films. One is, um, again, amazing and stands the test of time, and one nobody watches anymore. So, already. And it's 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 the new one, so. Yeah. And, I think this would fall under the whole, like, our whole argument in terms of Poltergeist and the remake of Poltergeist. If the remake was called something else, I probably would have been like, oh, this looks cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because when you when you have a source material like that, it's like Indiana Jones, right? Like the crystal skull probably, and, and I, I don't want to get too much into this right now, but like the crystal skull, if it was just like a movie about all that stuff would have probably gotten less slagged. But when you compare it to like Raiders of the Lost Ark, you're like, that is a piece of fucking garbage and a steaming pile of shit. So, but yeah, uh-huh. crystal skull made more. It's the highest yeah, but it's grossing. Not, it's not just about the fucking money. It's about the quality. Yeah, Which I'm, one's I'm the just saying. Movie? It's enough that they're making another one. That, that's that's not a good enough argument. That's not a good enough argument. Like I said, bazillion flies eat shit. Doesn't make it fucking good. Anyway, on that note, this movie is not a pile of shit. Definitely go watch it if you haven't seen it. Watch it with your partner. Watch it with your kids. Watch it with yourself. Do whatever. I love this film. It's fantastic. <laughs> just fucking watch it. Just just watch this fucking movie. So anyways, <laughs> that's all for me, man. Scott, take us away whenever you're done. All right. Well, that is our rant for the day. Please follow us on Twitter at How'd You Like That Movie. Or sorry. Oh, I totally I don't even know our own fucking Twitter handle. Look at that. <laughs> give, give it another shot there, Scott. All right. All right. Follow us on Twitter at How'd You Like That One. Or email us at how'd you like that movie at gmail.com. Also, like and subscribe this podcast so I can continue to screw up our handles so that you can actually get in contact with us. So that's it. And Chris, I'll see you in the next life.
I love Dirty Dancing. I think it's fantastic. I, yeah, I but never I'm like said a theater arts guy. What are you talking about? I like, never I said I liked Dirty Dancing. <laughs> All I said was I always thought it was awkward because he did look he was like way older than Jennifer Grey. Production by Rod Shaver, Vader Monkey Productions.